In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Pack a Day podcast. It is. We are here. It is Thursday afternoon, the Thursday after Thanksgiving. Happy belated birthday to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and of course uh, the great Britney Spears, which is important birthday. <laughs> on december 2nd so we are here to hit it one more time in the honor uh, of her so that's my last pun that i'll make tonight or at least the last one i'll intentionally make so i apologize if you quit listening now i understand i'm jacob westendorf i'm your host this evening and i am joined as always uh by jimmy christensen and i kind of wish this show was on video because jimmy what in the world are you wearing uh so the tie-dye Primal's my gym, and uh, one of our pro fighters' name is Funky Bird, and he always wears tie-dye. So first fight, he tie-dyed a bunch of shirts for us. Funky Bird. Funky Bird. Yeah, so they called him Chunky Bird, and then he lost mm-hmm. weight. And he since he wears weird clothes, they call him Funky Bird now. He, if you met him, you'd understand. He's he's a weird dude. I love him, but he's a weird dude. Uh, you got to be a little twisted to be one of those uh, hand-to-hand combat fighters. And then, of course, the one who's here to keep us in line is Maggie Loney. Maggie, how are we tonight? I'm good. My loneliness was killing me, so I'm glad that we're... (laughs) I'm also wearing tie-dye, too, under my sweatshirt. Yeah. All right. So I'm the one who missed the memo. I do have tie-dye. I have a shirt that we made in high school that that was one of our last uh, chemistry projects. So I have that shirt hanging around somewhere where like if we're painting or something like that, that's what we're supposed to wear it for. But I didn't get the memo. So next week uh, for the show, we'll have to wear our dropping dimes and suck it sign shirts so that we're all yeah. matching that way. So <clears throat> we're making a pact on that right now. <laughs> uh, everybody, welcome to the show. The Packers are now eight and three after another spanking of the Chicago Bears. Uh, it was 41 to 10 at one point game was never really close some people are bothered by the garbage time touchdowns i am not one of them Uh, it was beautiful and listening to aaron Rodgers after the game talk about the milestones and most importantly that 100th win against the chicago bears and uh my explanation which bothers jimmy and jimmy's insistence on not letting me throw shade at chicago it's it's not a rivalry if the other team doesn't win so chicago and green bay is not a rivalry until further notice. So I look forward to January 3rd for another automatic win on the schedule, assuming that uh, Green Bay's guys have to play from start to finish. But this week, the Packers are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Another team scuffling, some Green Bay connection there. Uh, Brett Favre's longtime backup, Doug Peterson, is the head coach there and the author of one of the more iconic plays in recent Super Bowl history, the Philly Special, where <clears> – <throat> Nick Foles comes over to him and basically says, you want to run Philly Philly from the, from the one yard line. And Peterson just kind of goes, yeah, let's do it. And that was the extent of how the Philly special was born from there. Obviously the Eagles go on to win their first championship 
in well their first Super Bowl championship in team history. Uh, the Packer, the Eagles are not off to that kind of start this season. After um, a lot of people, myself included, uh, thought the Eagles were slated to have a really good season. I thought they were going to be a you know eleven and five, twelve and four playoff kind of team, and they may still make the playoffs, but only because of the futility that is the NFC East. So. Let's start there, guys. Maggie, what were your thoughts on this Eagles roster coming into the season? Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, the defensive line, all that stuff, and just where you expected them to be versus obviously where they are now, which is they're a three-win team. Well, I think a lot of my expectations can be summarized by saying that Richard Rodgers is second on the team in yardage, which is very uh, much my brand. But no, I mean, I agree with you. I thought that they would kind of run away with the NFC East Um, I thought that their defense, their defense is really good. And that's of course not what the matchup is that we're talking about today. But I think that this, this is a really nice Eagles front. I think we saw that on display in Seattle or against Seattle on uh, Monday night football, Sunday night football. Monday One night football. The, I don't Monday know. They football. play football like every night this week. So <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to they, we literally just finished watching a yeah. football game on Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon. It's weird times. But yeah, I mean, I, Given, I guess, the state of the roster going into the season, I thought that they would very much be contenders. And then I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz, but I hope that that continues on Sunday. Yeah, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. Jimmy, what was your thought on the state of the team coming in, this the Eagles coming into the year? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a, a – I was excited to watch the Eagles and Cowboys kind of battle for the top spot just because the Cowboys had a really tough ro- or a roster that I thought was going to be really good coming into the year. And same with the Eagles, because it seemed like last year they were just kind of hit by injuries a lot. They got uh, Rieger in the first round. She's kind of that speed guy that I was interested in watching. But I definitely thought this – the story is kind of what Maggie said. They have a strong defense, but the offense, Carson Wentz has been out of sorts this season and leading the NFL in interception. So I, I had high hopes for him coming in. It was one of the battles I was excited to watch two times a year with the Eagles and Cowboys, and it's kind of turned out to be a big dud. Yeah, I picked both of those teams to make the playoffs. I picked Same. one of them to go to the Super Bowl. So we know. We'll just, yeah. we know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just uh, we'll just leave that be because currently that team has the worst record in the conference. Uh, I guess I can use the injury bug as an excuse if you if now there's no excuses, but whatever. That's that's where it's at. The Eagles. If you look at their offensive line. Their starting left tackle was supposed to be Andre Dillard. He was out for the season before it even started. Jason Peters was their left tackle until Monday night, uh, and then he's now moved over to right guard. Jason Kelsey is their only day one starter on the offensive line that was healthy on Monday night, and it is tough. to When you go back and look at that Eagles roster, something they did when they won the Super Bowl, they had the best offensive, arguably, and best defensive line in all of football. And now their offensive line is in shambles. They struggled to block a Seattle front that doesn't get – I know they've gotten a little bit better with Carlos Dunlap, but they just – they don't get after anybody when it comes to pass rush. Their best pass rusher is a safety. Take that for what you will. The Eagles really struggle to pass protect for Carson Wentz. We didn't even get to their weapons yet, but they're really – Travis Fulgham was a guy who – there's weeping and gnashing of teeth on Packers Twitter about how did Green Bay let him go. But I mean, honestly, he was a, like the Eagles just kind of got lucky and only played him out of necessity. You mentioned Rager. He's been banged up. 
John Hightower was somebody they drafted. He hasn't contributed to Sean Jackson. He bounced in and out of the lineup. He was able to come back. He came back for like a half and then went right back out of the lineup right after that. Alshon Jeffrey is somebody who was a big contributor to their Super Bowl season. He's been banged up and he runs like there's cement in his shoes. It's it's really hard to watch. I mean, there's points in the season where Carson Wentz is throwing to guys named Quez Watkins, Greg Ward Jr., Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, who's a pretty good running back. But I mean, they're just they're decimated by injuries. They turn the ball over a bunch, and their quarterback gets sacked a lot. You add all that together, and it's one giant disaster. So let's get into this matchup a little bit. And everything in this matchup starts with the quarterback. And Maggie mentioned she has no idea what's going on with Carson Wentz. And I don't either. Uh, I think coming into the season, there was a legitimate argument to be made that Carson Wentz was an ascending player. Carson Wentz was the league MVP if the season had ended when he blew his knee out the year Philadelphia won the Super Bowl. The following year, he ended up getting injured. He hurt his back by the end of the year. Last year, he had a really strong finish to the season, uh, playing with a lot of those dudes that I just mentioned that were a lot of no-name types. And you get to this year and you think, okay, they've shored up some of the offensive line. They've shored up some of the weapons around him. Maybe Carson can have a, a breakout type performance and get back to the type of player he was you know, three years ago. And that just hasn't happened. Is Carson Wentz broken, Jimmy? Is it the group around him's not playing as well? There were talks of Jalen Hurts potentially coming in to replace him. He And they did it really weird. The way that they're doing that whole thing is just – irresponsible yeah. in my opinion, but that I'll get to when I get to my point here, but what is wrong with Carson Wentz? Well, you kind of mentioned in the beginning with their offensive line, he's getting hit nonstop. He's constantly under pressure, which makes me appreciate the green Bay, green Bay's offensive line, because it's not like they've been healthy all season and what they've been able to do, but people are moving around that offensive line and putting him under pressure. Um, and I know they spent the first round pick on Rager or yeah, Rager. And uh, they have some other weapons. They just haven't, really lived up to the standard that you need for a quarterback, especially one that's young. And even though he was ascending, he hasn't really hit his peak. Um, I don't know if it's just the system or he's just in his own head and he's mentally kind of beaten at this point. But honestly, I, if I knew what was wrong with Carson Wentz, I'd be an NFL coach right now. I, I have no idea. It's just from, like you said, going from an almost MVP to right now, it's just, I think, I think just being under pressure is he's making quick decisions and those decisions aren't, aren't good ones. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. According to Comscore. indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly. So you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Maggie, you said you weren't sure what was wrong with him. Do you attribute more of that unsure nature of everything to him or maybe the group around him? Or I suppose it's football, so it's probably always one big combination. But if we're if we're slicing the blame pie, I suppose, how much of that falls on the quarterback? I, it's tough, but I mean, honestly, when I looked at his numbers earlier and saw that he'd been sacked 46 times, I kind of thought it was a typo, you know, like that's <laughs> averaging four sacks a game for that guy. And no wonder he's struggling. And I mean, it's not like he's, he's not had a lot of consistency as far as his weapons are concerned either. Zach Ertz has been out most of the season. It looks like he'll be coming back. I think he was limited in practice today. So we'll see kind of how he looks as the week progresses. Alshon Jeffrey has been absent. He's just not had reliable targets until, I guess maybe you could argue, Travis Fulgham has been one of those guys. Dallas Goddard just came back. So I think it's kind of all things considered. You mentioned the offensive line already. There's just not a lot of cohesion, and the Eagles are one of those teams that it feels like when they get hit by the injury bug, they get hit really, really hard. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing again this season is – it's um, it's amazing that it happened this year when everybody in the NFC East is still alive and that division is up for grabs because they still have a shot, but it's it's going to be tough sledding unless they're able to return some of their key pieces and he's starting to you know look more like an NFL quarterback. I think Zach Ertz being out really affected him because we saw um, even during their Super Bowl season. I know he was ended up being hurt, but during the season, Zach Ertz was kind of his security blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, he targeted him a lot, and him being out might just Kind of like with Rodgers and Devontae, like Devontae is the person he looks to when it's crunch yeah. time. And now Carson Wentz doesn't have that with Zach Ertz. Hope he's coming back now, but I think that really affected him. Well, now the unfortunate part is Ertz coming back means fewer snaps for Richard Rodgers. So that's going to hurt their <laughs> offense twofold. So only on Hail Mary's. Only, yeah. Which yeah. he appears to be, a, he has mastered the trail portion of the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. So good for Richard Rodgers for finding a role in that regard. My thought. Uh, Carson Wentz is somebody who, like I said, I mean, coming into the year, there was a argument to be made that by the end of the season, you could have thought uh, projecting forward that he was a better player or a high, higher thought of player than some guys like Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, if he had continued what some thought was a descent, a decline, whatever word you want to use, obviously some of those things hasn't happened. And Wentz has played poorly. I think it's a lot. And I think what you're going to see is at the end of the season, Doug Peterson is going to be let go and they're going to have, which is crazy to me because Doug Peterson, knowing the way that Philadelphia is and that football town that loves their Eagles, that's somebody who's going to be idolized as a legend forever and ever He's the head coach that won the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl in Philadelphia against Bill Belichick, but they're going to have to let him go and find a coach that can try to revitalize Carson Wentz because the simple reality is they can't let him go. He has a $60 million dead cap hit. That is one-third, more than one-third of the projected $175 million salary cap for next season, assuming that is exactly where it ends up. That's a tough spot for Carson Wentz. That's a tough spot for the Eagles. Obviously, that's one of the gambles that you take when you sign these guys to these big deals. You hope that they continue their progression. And Wentz, for various reasons, has regressed. Maggie mentioned the sack numbers. 
Some of that is on the offensive line. Some of that is on Wentz holds the ball too long and doesn't know when to give up on a play. He kind of has a little bit of that Aaron Rodgers in him, so to speak, bad quote unquote Aaron Rodgers, so to speak, when he holds the ball a little too long. And then you get into some of these weapons and it feels like every week, <clears throat> one of the benefits the Packers have had is they've never been without multiple guys for too long throughout the course of the season. Yeah. They missed Devante for a little while and then they kind of missed Lazard a little bit and he was gone for a bit, but it wasn't like all of them <laughs> like it was for the Eagles. I mean, at some point there, there are impure like concrete reasons or tangible reasons why a player is not doing well. I'm sure there's some things that are in his head. I'm sure there are things that are wrong with the coaching staff, the play calling, all that other stuff that everybody seems to point to. But at some point, you're missing four of your five starters on your offensive line and you're missing every receiver until now, it's going to be a struggle regardless. At the same time, when you're paid that kind of money, you're paid to cover up those holes. And Wentz just simply hasn't done that. Let's look at the rest of this offense because one of the reasons I really like this Eagles roster is because I thought they had some interesting players on the offense. And that's who the Packers will be facing off against this weekend. It'll be a mostly a full-strength roster. On the offensive side of the ball, like Jimmy mentioned, Zach Ertz may very well be back. So which player, Maggie, on the offensive side of the ball gives you the most pause? Last week, for example, it would be Allen Robinson. Which player scares you the most for the Eagles offense? It's Miles Sanders. And, you know, that that feels like a cop-out. but And I think the Packers did a nice job containing David Montgomery beyond the 57-yard run. And I thought, you know, that was a nice uh, credit to that defense for – sticking tough in the red zone and only giving up three points after allowing that uh, massive run. But, you know, there's, um, if you pair Miles Sanders with Boston Scott, the Eagles have two really shifty backs. They're both capable of catching out of the backfield. And, you know, Christian Kirksey had probably his worst game of the season by far on Sunday against the bears. So when you think of, you know, Kamal Martin being kind of injured, Chris Barnes is elevated from COVID reserve, but he's still on the injury report. Um, with a lingering injury. So it's just that middle of the defense again and these really shifty, quick running backs because we've seen no evidence to prove that this is a Packers defense that is fully capable of stopping the run. Jimmy, who do you got? Who's scaring you if you're uh, Mike? Who's keeping you awake and making you pull whatever hair you have left out if you're Mike Pettin? Uh, it was going to Miles Sanders is the number one option, but another person, and he is limited this week, but Zach Ertz coming back just because I mentioned before, he is that kind of security blanket and the biggest weakness in the Packers defense or one of the weaknesses in the Packers defense is the really soft, the soft coverage and Zach Ertz could just keep picking them apart in that soft middle of the um, middle of the field. And if that's, if he's healthy enough to go, that's something that could easily be pick apart kind of like the Colts did against us, just slowly move the ball down the field. So I'm going to go same song, different verse. I'm actually going to pick Dallas Goddard. He's kind of started to emerge as that team's best tight end throughout the course of the season when he's been healthy. Obviously, that's been a struggle early in his career. The Packers, historically, it feels like, have struggled against tight ends, even if statistically that hasn't always been the case. But I think that Goddard had a pretty good game last year against the Packers. I think they had a lot of success with playing double tight, and I think that Doug Peterson will go back to that well this weekend. Uh, Ertz. Even if he does come back, it'll be his first game back in quite some time. Richard Rodgers, obviously, is a legend and a first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer. But, you know, this week I have a, I struggle to see him do something like that. You know, the Eagles receivers, as far as that goes, there's just not a lot there that that really 
scares me. And I don't mean, I just think that the Packers match up well with those receivers, you know, with Alshon Jeffrey, that's a prime matchup for Kevin King. He's not going to win on end breakers, which doesn't bother King Rager. Jair Alexander can run with him. They don't really have a premier slot receiver that can bother Shannon Sullivan too much. Packers safeties have played better of recent, but that middle of the field defense for green Bay is atrocious. And it has been for pretty much the entire season. And that's, Shannon Sullivan, that's Raven Green, that's the linebackers, that's the safeties for to some degree as well that haven't played all that well in that part of the field. There's a lot of – it's a big combination that the Packers have had, and that's where, like you mentioned, Jimmy, kind of the same idea, but I think it's Dallas Goddard that kind of gets into some of that there as well. Looking on their offensive line, this is where I think the Packers can take advantage a little bit too. I mean, the Eagles, they are like I mentioned, they're decimated. They're missing four starters. Andre Dillard hasn't played a snap. Jason Peters is hobbled. He's out there playing to try and get some incentives. Good for him. Get that money, my friend. You've you've certainly earned it at this point of the year. Jordan Maialata is playing left tackle for them at this point. Jason Kelsey is a really good center, uh, and he's the only one who's the remaining starter. So, this is where the Packers have to make hay. So I'm asking you guys, which pass rusher or defensive lineman, defensive front player, makes the most hay this week against the Eagles offensive line? Uh, Jimmy, let's start with you. I'm just going to ride the hot hand with Zadarius Smith. Um, he's able to move around, and right now their their right tackle has given up or gave up two sacks and five pressures last week. Um, so I think Zadarius last week for, forced a strip sack. Thankfully, the refs didn't see that face mask, face mask from him or Clark. Uh, but I think Zadarius is just going to be able to move around and pick apart the weak spots on this offensive line. Um, I want to I say Kenny Clark, but he's going up against Kelsey, who anyone with that last name in the NFL terrifies me. So um, I'm definitely going to go Zadarius on this one and just keep riding that. And I actually saw, Maggie, your, your BFF – Perry put out on Twitter just saying like Zadarius has had a really solid season, but it just doesn't seem like he's having the same impact as last last year. And I think it's maybe people are just kind of expecting that from him, but he's put up nine sacks, three forced fumbles, uh, 20 quarterback hits. I remember the tweet saying, so Zadarius has been playing really well this year. Um, and I don't actually think he's getting less credit than he did last year. Yeah, he's had a great year. It's just last year, the the level of production from a season ago was just not sustainable is, is part of it. And the other part of it, obviously, some of the other guys haven't pulled as much attention away from him as they have in previous years. I'm going to ride the hot hand too. And last week I, I went to the well and it worked out very nicely. I'm going to go with Preston Smith. Uh, last week I said I thought he would have a big game. I thought his position coach called him out and, and – Eventually, the Packers as a whole called him out. He didn't start, and that was, it appears, that got its desired effect. Preston Smith had a sack, and he had a, a fumble recovery for a touchdown on the play that you mentioned as well, and it looked like the first glance that he played really well. That was the best game, at least from you know my eyes, the first run through that he's played all season. So I'm going to take Preston. I'm going to give him a chance to stack some success here against, a, again, a bad Eagles front, and I think he has a good opportunity to get through and uh, get some hits on Carson Wentz and maybe start building some confidence as we get through. The one thing I keep saying with the Packers, when it comes to a pass rush duo, the highest ceiling pass rushers for 2020 specifically on the Packers are still the Super Smith brothers. They just need Preston to be that other part of the Super Smith brothers. He hasn't been that as of yet. Hopefully he can start being that after a big game on Sunday. Maggie, go ahead and pick Zedaria Smith. 
The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I wasn't, actually, because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to not be so predictable after I've just talked about Richard Rodgers. But, no, I mean, Kenny, Kenny Clark historically has come on really hot in December the last couple seasons. And True. I think we saw, I know that, you know, last Sunday was still November, but towards the end of the season, especially in the cold at Lambeau Field, we see a lot of production from Kenny Clark. He is Mr. December. And I think that we're going to see more of that on Sunday. And, you know, Jimmy's right. He probably has the toughest draw along the offensive line with Jason Kelsey. But I I do think that he's going to get at least a sack. I think that he's just kind of building. And that's the productivity that we expect from him, especially when he gets healthy and when he gets – um, some more support. And I think to Jimmy's point with the tweet that Perry had put out earlier and Jacob, to your point as well, that's something that Perry and I talked about on happy hour a little bit and in, in the DMS when we chat, but it, I think a lot of it is the lack of productivity from the players around Z this season. And, you know, last season at this point, I think Preston and Zadarius both had eight or nine sacks. And right now Zadarius has nine and the 20 quarterback hits and 10 tackles for loss and Preston has, you know, two sacks or three sacks. So I think that that's a huge part of it is it's becoming predictable where, you know, you have to double Z or triple Z in some cases. And, you know, Preston and Rashawn and Kenny, they're just not forcing guys kind of off their spot. So I think that that's what we're going to see more of on Sunday. And I think that this, you know, offensive line from the Eagles is another good opportunity for them to get some of their juice back. But and I, I do want to say, too, that I think given the kind of the snap distribution that you talked about with Preston, I think had 45 snaps, Rashawn 43. I like that distribution. And I don't know if I think Z should be playing 90% of snaps because I think that he could burn out, especially kind of being the workhorse for that front seven. But I think that that is when Preston is maybe going to be the most productive as when his, his numbers kind of mirror Rashawn. Yeah, and we'll see if that correlates the Eagle or the Eagles. The Packers may very well have follow a similar plan this Sunday against the Eagles. Obviously, it also helped that they built a lead and allowed their pass rushers to pin their ears back. That's the Packers formula. It's very similar to the you know mid two thousands, early two thousand ten Indianapolis Colts. Peyton Manning gets a lead. They don't have to worry about their crappy run defense. They let Mathis and Freeney go after and hunt the quarterback. It's an easy way to do that. The Eagles defense is very good. And that's something that has been talked about. The Eagles defense actually, as presently constructed, might be better than the Bears defense that played on Sunday night without Akeem Hicks. So this Packers offense, as a friend of the program, Peter Bukowski said, they averaged 30 points a game against top 10 DVOA defenses. So I ain't worried, as as they might say. I am uh, not concerned. This Packers offense can score on anybody. But I'm looking forward to that sort of matchup. As far as the defense goes, I really – this Eagles offense is broken. Doug Peterson is seems to be at a loss. They're, the stuff they do with Jalen Hurts is 
stupid. I hate anything that involves taking your starting quarterback off the field or moving your starting quarterback to receiver and playing 10 on 11 because ultimately it's the same reason I hate the Taysom Hill stuff that the saints do when uh, Drew Brees is healthy as well. There are plays where they have Drew Brees play receiver quote unquote, they throw him out there and I just think it's a waste even though there are people that are Taysom Hill truthers and kudos guys. They've won two games and he's looked like Tim Tebow in both of those games. So, you know, whatever that's beside the point, the Jalen hurt stuff. It's a wrinkle they'll have. I'm actually kind of happy that the Eagles didn't bench Carson Wentz just because I really don't feel good about Mike Patton game game planning for a first time starting quarterback that he doesn't have a ton of film on and getting that the Eagles getting that kind of bump. And I still have some respect for Doug Peterson as a coach, you know, coming into the season, I might've ranked him like second behind Bill Belichick. Like that's the level of respect I had for him. Obviously he's dropped a couple notches with the way that things have gone this year, but yeah, I, I, the Jalen Hurts stuff, I, I hope they run a bunch of it because I think it's dumb and I think it wastes plays for the Eagles. So we are at the end here. We're at prediction time. It's Packers, it's Eagles, it's Jim Nance, Tony Romo. It's on CBS, which I was surprised to learn. Uh, that is a byproduct of some kind of scheduling funk because two NFC teams typically do not play on CBS. So I'm not sure what the deal or the reason for that is, but hey, whatever. We get Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Cool. Packers will play at 325. It'll be at Lambeau Field. It's supposed to be uh, 30 in the 30s, and the wind is not supposed to be at 40 degrees. So I'm going to take the Packers. I'm going to take them 31 to 17. I think the Eagles have a good chance to maybe do some crazy stuff at the end of the game and make that look closer than it really is. But the Packers offense can score. The Eagles give up sacks. The Packers pass rush is getting better. The Eagles turn the ball over. As Kenny Clark pointed out, those turnovers are starting to come, and they're starting to regress back to some normalcy because Green Bay didn't get like anything in terms of turnovers. And ah, what the hell, I'm going to call my shot. If Tavon Austin plays, he returns a punt for 25 yards or more, maybe a touchdown. So let's see Tavon pop. But Packers by a relatively comfortable margin. Jimmy. Yes. Um, I'm the same with you. I think the Packers are going to do really well with this game. Uh, They're coming off a really great game against the Bears. I loved watching them uh, dominate them. But before I give my prediction, are the Packers having those 500 fans in there again? I know they had some of their employees. They are? Yep. yep. Oh, that makes me like it even more. I know it's not <laughs> many, but Jamal was saying how much he loved it, just having just some fans in the, the stadium. So I'm actually going to – I've lowballed it the last couple times. So I'm going to I'm gonna boost up the Packers total. I'm going to go uh, 38 to 20 – or 38 to 20. 38 to 20 Packers. So two double-digit wins. Can we make it three? Yeah, I, the the Eagles have put up 17 points in three consecutive weeks, and I don't see them breaking 20 unless it's, like you said, absolute garbage time and we see something similar to what we did Sunday night. But I was in the very similar realm to both of you. I think it'll be like 35-17 Green Bay, maybe 35-24 if the Eagles sustain a drive uh, in garbage time. But 
their wins did not come against good football teams and their losses have come against mediocre football teams. And that's one of the things I said, you know, going into the bears game was that their losses came to some pretty tough opponents. So maybe they were better than their record. The Eagles probably aren't even as good as their record and they have a chance to go and five through their last five weeks of the season. And, you know, I hope I don't say that. And now the Packers just lay an egg, but it's, it should be a very easy game for the Packers on Sunday. Well, in terms of the one seed, if that's important to you, and it probably should be, it's the only buy that you get. The Packers have no margin for error. They're already one game behind New Orleans. Seattle plays a really Seattle plays the Giants and the Jets down the stretch. So in terms of trying to pick up a game or two here on Seattle, getting a loss that way, that's going to be tough to find. They do close with the Rams and the 49ers. That could be a tough, you know, go there. Division games are always unpredictable, but they just don't have a ton of margin for error. And the Saints are getting free wins by playing teams uh, that are playing wide receivers at quarterback. So if that's going to be the way things are going and the way things are going to break for the Saints, and especially in a crazy year that we're already in, then, well, that's just going to be a tough go for, for Green Bay to get the one seed. So you can't lay an egg against bad teams. We talk about this all the time. Make your layups. And honestly, this week, next week against Detroit, the following week against Carolina, and the last week of the season against Chicago, Green Bay should win all four of those games that should be 12 wins. Whether they get to 13 depends on whether or not they can beat Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans, which I think they can. I, I can promise you throughout the week on Packers Twitter, I will bet you 85% of Packers Twitter picks Titans that week. So maybe maybe slightly under that, but pretty close to it. Um, but you got to hit those layups, and they got to get to 13 wins, 12 or 13 wins, I mean, to get that one seed. So hopefully the Saints drop a couple games along the way. We're out of time. Thank you guys for listening in. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can follow me personally. I'm at Jacob Westendorf, and I'll let Jimmy tell you where you can find me because wherever you can find him, you can find me for the most part. And like I said, we do just about everything together, it appears. So it's um, getting a little creepy at this point, but you know, whatever <laughs> works. Jimmy, where can we find you? Uh, find me Twitter or on Twitter at, at Jimmy underscore C08. Um, Every Tuesday, Jake and I have an article come out for Packer Report. And then uh, Tuesday night, we have our Jamal Williams show, trying to raise some money for Jamal's Christmas uh, toy drive that he's doing. If you know any families in the Green Bay area that could use some help around the holidays, please reach out and we'll make sure they get uh, get some help from the Williams family. And then besides that, you can find me on Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday, Pack a Day with these lovely people every Thursday, and then Sunday, the pre-snap show. I'm with Jacob and Alex Stroof. That's his name. Yes. That's his name. And we save the best for last. So Maggie Loney, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I podcast with the wonderful Perry Goldstein doing packs. What she said it normally comes out Friday mornings. And then the two of us also host happy hour with game on Wisconsin on Mondays at 6 PM Lambo time. I'm convinced that's like record, like Maggie just hits a button. It feels like she says that the same way in the same voice complexion every single Just week, moves but. her mouth while it goes. Yeah. yeah maybe I should, <laughs> it should be a lot better, but we're out of time. Thank you guys for listening. Packers Eagles on Sunday. Enjoy it. Hopefully it's nine and three when we're talking next week about the Detroit lions. Thanks for listening. Go pack. Go.